Hello and welcome to Jam Presents, a podcast series by me, Mike Groves, and a good mate of mine, Jason Cripps. In this third series of Jam Presents, we go back to 2013 and follow guests of the Rue Manor as they try to figure out who done it. In this first episode, we meet Giles the butler, along with the 13 guests checking into the Rue Manor, one of whom is a killer. This is the first time that we would have even spoke about who done it. I don't know what I thought it was. Do you know the only thing I knew was a butler? I knew that there was a butler in it, and that was it. Yeah, and I, I yeah, and and same. And from that, I probably knew that it was probably in a, like a big house or something. Yeah. I was expecting Cluedo. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't know any of the premise of the show. I didn't know what it was about. You know, how many contestants or anything. But what a breath of fresh air this is. My thoughts exactly. And I don't know if that's because it's what eight years old, eight nine years old. It's a little bit newer, but already, even after episode one, how this didn't get renewed. Just the idea of the show and how it's constructed. There's so many layers to it. It's genius. So Who Done It Episode 1 is the start of a new series. And despite being a murder mystery reality TV show like the previous two that we followed, Who Done It seems like a totally different premise. You need to rely more on who you know rather than what you know. Before we get into it, Who Done It is a 2013 reality TV show where 13 strangers have been invited to live in a house to take part in a murder mystery. Okay, the first person who's eliminated is a stooge and one of them is a killer. But the initial premise is that none of them know the real reason they are there. They soon come to realise they are playing a killer's game and after each person is eliminated they must determine exactly how that person was murdered or they could face the same fate the last person standing will win a whopping two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that's a lot of money enormous for what seems to be yeah, like you say probably 10 days yeah and i think that is why they are so harsh to one another yeah and it is a cutthroat environment because the prize at stake is enormous that's like a second game to the whole game show itself because ultimately the first one is how did this person die and then the second sort of meta game to that is how much information am i telling people or what friendships or who am i trusting yeah because i don't know if you've mentioned it yet but the killer is one of the 13 i've not no that's right so we first meet giles the butler and he's been the butler for this cursed estate for the last few weeks i thought he'd have been there years <laughs> he knows his way around all right don't he? <laughs> he's never met his current employer but he must follow their murderous orders or his life might be at stake along with the guests <laughs> why did you take the job <laughs> so what sort of contract is he on to be like uh, you get paid quite well but you could also be killed. <laughs> and you've got to dispose of all these bodies for us. Yeah. He tells us that 13 strangers are arriving here to play the game. What they don't know is the game is murder. We begin to meet the contestants as they nervously enter the house. You know what it's like when you go into a place with people you don't know. They're all unsure as to how they should act. Some are overacting, some are fairly relaxed and chill, and others look petrified. As they begin to introduce themselves, half of them lie about who they are and what they do. What's that all about? I don't I don't know. Because I, I understand later on, they need to disclose or not disclose, depending on what they want to do with information. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they don't want people to know that they were a former cop... Well, this is... It did it, it, it surprise... I mean, I, I simply sympathise with Don. So he said he was a football coach, which to me, he looks like a football coach. Yeah, he does. But immediately they know that he he's probably an ex-cop. And I sort of understand it from his perspective because people might be more inclined to sort of deal with him. But one of them says, wherever Don is, I want to be because yeah. I want to use his skills. And I think that is sort of like it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're right. And actually, if, if you think that Ronnie sells frozen fish, then you're probably not going to hang around him. 
and you're more likely to share because you think, oh, this poor fish seller, as opposed to someone that's probably got all the answers already. Yeah. So I've, I've brought all the contestants together. So we, we start with Cam. Yeah. Homeland Security attorney. He's very sneaky later in the episode. He has a degree in criminology and is absolutely dead certain that he will be winning the whole series. I'm positive that I'm going to win this thing. Next, we meet Adriana. She is a TV crime reporter. Who is this woman? We shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but there is definitely something off about her. She seems very shifty. So shifty. Because like you say, she you know she gets called out for trying to like lead slightly, but yeah. she just seems like um, always in the background and there's awkward moments during the lunch scenes that she's trying to sit at everyone's table. Mm. And, then, and then I think there's a, there's a scene where she's peering down from the balcony, listening yeah, to everybody. Yeah, spying on people. It's, and it's very strange. She also spots that Ronnie looks like an investigator, but he brushes it off and says that he sells frozen food. And she also thinks Don was a detective in a past life. Tell us you used to be a detective or something oh, yeah, in a past of course life. He was. How does she know this much information just by looking at people? I think she's just really suspicious. Not putting all my eggs in that basket yet, but there's definitely something not right about it. The next person then we meet is Don who is the ex-homicide LAPD detective, but claiming to be a football coach. I want them all to think that I'm one of them. Yeah, they, they all see right through him from the very start and throughout the episode. They must have heard it from somewhere. Otherwise, I just don't know why they think that. Because to me, if he told me as a football coach, yeah, mate, you're a football coach. Gino next, who's a bar trivia host. I think he's got the best job out of all of them. All right, yeah, Bounty Hunter's pretty cool, but bar trivia host. I was expecting some sort of puzzle, maybe something fun, splash by the pool, answer a few questions. But now all of a sudden I realize I'm fighting for my life. Lindsay, I really like Lindsay, but we don't learn a lot about her other than she's an engineer. Oh, and uh, she's coming from a religious family. I'm actually a pastor's kid. I thought this was a Bible verse. Ulysses, he's a bit of a snake. He's an attorney. I've got my eye on him. That's the money ball. The three of us have, at this point, what I'm thinking is the biggest piece of evidence. He's, I don't know if it's because he teams up with Cam later on. There's some shifty business going on. Oh, massively with Dante and stuff. Yeah, I, I just don't like him that much. We've got Chris, former Miss Nevada, ex-beauty queen. She's the person that says that her dad was a cop and that's why she calls um, Don. Don. Don A, yeah. The cop, yeah. Ex-cop. Yay. My man. Ex-cop. Not. My dad was a cop. <laughs> Detective. <laughs> Sasha is a journalist. For some reason, I was immediately drawn to her. Even before, obviously, we find out a lot later on in the episode that, that she does really well at understanding and solving the crime. Yeah. And I thought, initially, she could be one to watch. There are a lot of different theories out there. I'm either right on or I'm way off. But actually, there is a little comment at the end as well that really put me off her. But as I say, we'll, we'll get to that later on. Melina. Melina gets a lot of airtime, but we don't really learn a lot about her other than being a flight attendant. She does compare herself to Don quite a lot. And I think she might be the person that says that where Don is, she wants to be. I'm not sure. Yes, I think it is. Yeah. I think Don is lying about being an ex-cop. And he can keep doing that if he wants. But in the meantime, I am going to use his skills to my advantage. Where Don is, you'll probably see me too. And Dante, so much to say about Dante. Oh, he's he's had such an episode. Brilliant. And he might have got a lot of airtime because they've produced it that way to show that, you know, and it may be that when we watch episode two, the next person that gets the majority of screen time is going to be the person that we lose. But Dante throughout is, is amazing. So he tells them that he's a writer. I know. He's actually an insurance investigator. And then when quizzed upon that, he's like... Literally, I am a writer. I write reports. I write Facebook posts. I write Twitter posts. 
So it's not really a lie. But this is it. I don't get... I mean, I understand Don and Ronnie. Absolutely. Because their field is within, within crime. But why is Dante trying to spice it up? Next, we meet Sherry, an ex-NFL cheerleader, and we're fooled into thinking that she's a contestant when evidently she is just there to get killed off first. But, but like we say it, though, one of these is the killer. Yeah. So although she was probably, she, well, she was an actress. Well, this is the question I had for you. Do you think she was, or do you think she was just an applicant and they just happened to say, well, one of you is going to get killed off in the first no, half I, an hour? I was going to discuss this with you, and I thought, just for how fair it is, I think she's probably an actress because she dropped that champagne Glass. She did that on purpose. 100%. She did it on purpose just to yeah. give a reason for her to die first. Yeah. When Dante asks Sherry for a cheer, she does the worst cheerleading cheer I've ever seen. And she's like, Okay, I've got the palms. Yay. Go football. <laughs> I don't know if she is a real cheerleader because she could have just been a, an actress from... She's just got to survive half casting agency. Exactly. Yeah. So when they say ex-NFL cheerleader, she might not be. Dana, we meet next. She's a cardiac nurse. She has a few good moments where she's like... I choose the morgue based on my healthcare knowledge. And then when she sees a bullet protruding out of Sherry's neck, oh, that looks like her spine. That's a bullet. And then finally, Ronnie, the bounty hunter slash private investigator. You kind of look like you could work for a law enforcement agency as an investigator. Uh, I sell frozen food. Says he's hiding his real occupation so that nobody feels threatened. During their introductions in that reception area at the very start, one of them says, let's do cheers and let's chug. <laughs> let's cheers and like chug or something. And that's what we want to see, all, all enjoying themselves. Mm -hmm. And then Adriana is almost like, no, I want to be the centre of attention. And she hits her ring, doesn't she, against her glass. Yeah. And does a really lame toast. All right, guys. To all of us who are part of a new adventure, let's have a lot of fun. I think it's just Adriana's sort of whole presence. She, she likes to be centre of attention. Oh, Definitely. And that comes in, into it a lot during the, uh, the conversations later on. After Sherry drops her glass, we see the butler begin to make his entrance. Melina's reaction, dude, dude, dude. She's clicking her fingers. Is that because she doesn't know anybody's names? So she's like, dude, 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 creepy man coming down the stairs. Hey. Because you can't remember Don, Dante or anything but like the, that. But, this, but what I can't believe is no one actually sort of noticed that. No one's paying attention to her just shouting dude and also him creepily walking down the stairs. I love Charles already. Uh, same, same. And when he first came in, I thought, oh, what is this going to be? But actually, I absolutely love it. He's just like the, the narrative, isn't he? Yeah. Like that's, that's just pushing the story forward. But the question to you then, does he know? Which one of them is a killer yeah it's very dangerous for him to know surely unless he's like an absolute professional because surely there's got to be some tells no that's a really good point what benefit would it have for him knowing no he doesn't need to know and no. I, I think you're right i think the production team probably haven't told him and also he doesn't have any interaction with them other than telling he doesn't listen to them speak he doesn't no. engage he very much is there to introduce and let them get on with it anyway so giles introduces himself and welcomes them to Rue Manor. My name is Giles. And I will be your butler for the duration of your stay here. Ah, the estate bell will sound at half past the hour at which time we will reconvene and you will no doubt learn why you are all here. They get taken to their rooms. Any comments on that house? Lush, isn't it? <laughs> Just really, really big, nice rooms, all en suite with furniture that you'd only see in sort of millionaire's mansion. As they're in their rooms, 
unpacking their cases and whatnot, there's a thunderous crash. They all respond by legging it to a reception room where they previously were, you know, all mingling and find a body on the floor. Cue some awful overacting, but I, I love it. Lay amongst the fish tank water is Sherry, the ex-cheerleader, convulsing because there's a power cable electrocuting her. Forget the acting for a second, like with their reactions and stuff. It's amazing. This isn't the first five minutes and it is all kicking off. It was not what I expected. And when Giles comes in, it has begun. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Lindsay is the first to speak to the camera following Sherry's death and describes it as the scariest, grossest, most horrible thing she has ever seen. They move into the parlour where Giles debriefs them. The death of Sherry was no accident. It was murder. And the killer is one of them. And that's when we find out, because I didn't know that that was going to be the case, that one of them was going to be the killer until that moment. It's a murder mystery with the mole. This is the mole crossed with murder mystery. It's exactly what we wanted. So Giles is tasked with speaking on behalf of the killer. He explains that he gets notes left to him by the killer. The first of which says... Dear mortals, you've all been personally selected to play my diabolical game of life and death. Your job, stay alive long enough to discover who I am. You can only do that by being the best at solving the crimes I put before you. Fail, and you may be the next to die. And so then he goes on to read the rules. Following each murder, I will grant you the opportunity to investigate one and only one of the following areas. The crime scene. The victim's last known whereabouts or the morgue, where you can examine the corpse in a more private setting. Then they get told they can only go to one of these places. And I initially thought that meant the whole group had to choose between them. To exactly. Go to one I of those thought places. there had to be some sort of like group decision. We're only yeah. going to look at the corpse or something like that. But this is when the game spun again. Oh, really? This is this is great. So they all discuss where they think they ought to head to get the most information. Sasha suggests it doesn't matter where they look, to which Don replies, Well, she's dead. It does matter. <laughs> yeah. He reminds me a bit of Tom Selleck. Like, <laughs> might just be the Tash. Yeah. yeah. Adriana has a good idea by suggesting they split into groups, as there will be a clue at each location, to which the others jump on and say, you've been trying to lead since you got here, and it's suspicious. I don't think that is suspicious. I think it's the way she just addresses herself. It's, it's just more that she just wants the limelight all the time. Mm -hmm. Cam does the best here by creating a pact with Gino and Ulysses. Each of them will go to a different location and report back to one another. Definitely the best idea yet. And I think, look, Cam clearly is clever. He's got that teamwork in, in quickly, where a lot of them obviously try and do it after they've been to the sites where he's trying to establish that. So they don't actually make it clear, to us at least as the audience, they don't make it clear that they're not working together. It is more of a, they all keep themselves themselves. Well, this is it. They, I think obviously only there can only be one winner, but trust has got to get you so far. And, and you have to, this is the sort, of the sort of secondary game, is although you have to solve the murder, you're not going to get all the pieces to it. No. You, you individually are not going to get all the pieces. It's impossible to get all the pieces yeah. to it because you can only go to one of these places. So it's how do you find out these other pieces of the puzzle? But also some people are going in far too early at being secretive. This is 10, ten more people or nine or however many more people are going to die and 
it could be you because people will stop sharing information with you if you show that you're a shining light or, you're, or that you're stubborn. Yeah. So the idea is be as friendly and sharing of information as possible for as long as possible until you need to be cut through. Because then as soon as everyone's given you the information and they've trusted you for sort of six weeks in a row, then you can turn around and spin lies and they will believe you because you've done it for so long. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But if you go in too early with that cutthroat attitude, you're going to get voted out because people will stop sharing information with you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Giles comes back and splits them into their three groups. Don, Melina, Cam, Lindsay and Chris go to see the crime scene. Dante, Ulysses and Dana go to the morgue, leaving Sasha, Adriana, Gino and Ronnie to look at the victim's last known whereabouts. Much like our previous two series, mate, we split into three tracks. <laughs> you love a track. I love a track. So the first thing we see is the crime scene. The fish tank is smashed. There's glass everywhere, along with dead fish on the carpet. There's also a bloodstain on the rug where Sherry had been. They discuss whether they think the victim had fallen over the rails of the stairs and onto the tank, but decide that because the glass on the front of the tank is broken, she couldn't have fallen over the rails. Don suggests that the blood on the carpet could be from where she was convulsing due to the electric shock, and she was banging her head on the floor repeatedly, but then realises it's likely that she was hit on the back of the head and lunged forwards into the tank. Says the ex-cop, Melina replies. Said the ex-cop. It dawns on him that he's using... The language a cop would use and not that of a football coach. But then straight after this, he says, we have to find out who wanted to whack this chick. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to stay undercover and you're saying whack this chick. Who would be that pissed off that would whack this chick? Um, I think it was Chris then sort of sarcastically says, okay, coach. Yeah, she does. They all know. She does. They all know. And then they say high five to the (laughs) ex-cop. It is a great moment. and that It's literally like they've seen him pull up in a police car. <laughs> He's left his badge on. Yeah, yeah. So in the morgue next, the morgue is in the house, obviously for production reasons, uh, but I actually thought it was really cool. Ulysses asks, what's a house doing with a morgue in it? Creepy. The house got about 10 times creepier. What house has a morgue in it? That's just for TV, mate. It's, it's not really real. It's decked out, though. It's proper decked out. It's amazing, out. isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. They examine the body. Is this a real body? Yeah, well, I thought that must be a mannequin. But then when they zoom up on her face, you can see hairs where, like, on her cheeks where... Yeah, but there's a the dead weight is there, though, a little bit, isn't it? When they lift. I think it's with the fish in the tank, where you see the fish flopping around, yeah. and then you see the plastic fish, I think it's cut so well that you see... Yeah, I, I mean, in the credits, and obviously there's a flashback, isn't there, of how it happened? yeah. So obviously that's pre pre recorded. Yeah. And yeah, I think in the in the credits it says something about that. The fact that they've obviously filmed the murder and they'll cut that they'll cut that oh, other yeah. bits and, in. And, and look, I get that they've got they've got to do that. So although you're seeing a scene that you think, oh, the guys are gonna walk into, yeah. actually no, they're not. They're walking into something slightly different. Exactly. And I think that could be the case with the body on the and when we're seeing the close-ups of her face, that's her. When we're seeing them from three feet away, that could be a mannequin. You know, but I just think it's cut so well. It looks so good on TV. Yeah. They find no electrocution marks on the body. Now, this is interesting because they all mention an exit point or burn mark where the electrocution would have happened. Do you think that they get taught a certain amount of investigation skills? So they've got a train. I think they must be trained to a certain level before they go in because they all seem to have that little bit of knowledge about certain things unless they've just been told to read up on it because there's no way that i would be thinking oh electrocution leads to burning there's evidence of electrocution because of i just wouldn't even consider it so Mm. maybe not anyway we see glass in sherry's head but this is largely overlooked as they know that's probably just come from the fish tank dante and dana think her spine is actually sticking out the back of her neck oh my goodness 
What is that? Is we that need her to bone get a better through? look at that. What I see is what looks like a bone sticking out of the back of her neck. Her spinal cord is sticking out. I think he's right. I think it's her cervical spine. But it turns out to be a round bullet, the type often fired from a musket. And here I was hoping that it was going to be a bang stick. <laughs> Dana suggests that the place that it's hit her on the back of her neck, it could have been instant death for Sherry. It's in the morgue that we see the Twitter interaction. So we get the screen, don't we, with oh, the, the no. tweets and stuff. I'd have loved to have done this live as well. Yeah, amazing. We will check these tweets out at the end. Definitely. We're not looking at the hashtag just no, yet, no, but no. we definitely will go back to 2013 and have a look. At the end of this track, the three of them decide to keep their findings to themselves and say that they won't divulge information until they need to, to gain intel themselves. This is all the power. Mm -hmm. I think we should save this until we get valuable evidence from every other person. Because there's no way they know about that. That's the money ball. I'm not sure on that. We then move on to the last known whereabouts. The last known whereabouts of Sherry being the bedroom. There are wood shavings on the floor by the door and evidence suggests that the door was forced open. Adriana finds the corner of an old trunk and becomes obsessed with it. And that never come back. <laughs> She's convinced. No, she's absolutely convinced that the victim's head was bashed with the trunk corner yeah. and the corner came off. I think that's just a prop malfunction. I, I, that's what I thought because maybe she was on the right track this early or like, she, you know, she had something. But as you've seen, there was nothing to relate to that going forward. No. But from that, just finding that, she made up this all, all some mad theory, didn't she? Yeah. About getting she hit was... over the head and pushed over the railings. Yeah. And and Gino suggests that she was pushed into the fish tank from the front, which obviously proves right later on. Adriana thinks that everyone around her is stupid. And that the, the way she sort of treats them is almost as though, no, you're wrong, I'm right. Even though she has some of the worst ideas uh, out of the lot of them. They find a faint message written on the mirror. And after realising they won't have enough lung capacity to fog it up with their breath, they find a clothes steamer and use that to reveal the hidden message. It reads, meet me at the fish tank. I have vital info for you. They say at this point that if they hadn't steamed the mirror, they would have never found that clue. Do you think then there will be moments where they don't learn every single detail? I hope so. Or is it just spoon fed to them? No, I hope so. Yeah, same. Because they don't actually need, they don't need all the information. All they need is to do better than other people that have got less information. Exactly. Yeah. So even if they hit 80% correct, as long as that 80% is better than the previous people, like the people below them, then yeah. And we'll find that out later because I think it's one of them gets it horrendously wrong, but not as wrong as others. So for now, the investigations are over. And the next bit is what I think all reality TV shows need, a bit of rivalry and bickering. They're told by Giles to enjoy their finger foods. Finger sandwiches. Finger sandwiches. Brilliant. And talk to one another and exchange information. However, as we find later on, they will be judged on what they know. So by withholding information, it could put them in a better position later in the game. Although holding back too much information might mean that you don't get enough info from others to solve the case yourself. Cam, Ulysses and Gino break off and form their own group, as discussed earlier. That is until Adriana tries to get in and get some intel from them. Guys, do you mind if I join you? Can we just have a moment to talk first before you join us? We're still trying to How about this? I'll out. set down my plate because I want to sit we'll in the shade and then I will come back. Incredible that Cam tells her to go away until they finish chatting. And that surprises me. Like the first day or so, you can be that rude and say, can you just come back when we're finished? It's crazy, isn't it? A bit rude, really. Because also, she, she might have known stuff. Yeah, but you say that, but then he's relying on those three uh, being yeah, in those true. locations. So he just thinks that's all he yeah, needs. Yeah, but you could, you could play the game a lot more, couldn't you? Definitely. Definitely could. And just say, and just give her some shit and then see what she's got to offer. Yeah, I, I really like Gino. Gino suggests that he, whilst he's in with Ulysses and Cam, he doesn't fully trust them. Right now I'm thinking that the Ulysses and Cam team can be useful to me, but I'm definitely not putting all my eggs in one basket. Quite frankly, I don't fully trust them. 
and good on him because I don't trust them at all. No. Despite making a pact in the morgue, Dante is quick to squeal to Ronnie, Melina and Lindsay about the musket round found in the victim's neck. They don't even push him that hard. No. Considering, I mean, at this point, I probably would share more information. Oh, same. But, but he's he's basically made a pact with Ulysses and Dana. And yeah, straight away, he just, he's just squealing like a pig. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you guys, on a leap of faith, when we did the morgue, we found a musket or a round something of that nature in the back of her neck. I knew it. This backfires on him later though, as despite telling the truth, Ulysses comes along to that table and tells them that he's talking shit and that the victim was strangled. <laughs> Ronnie then suggests they drown Dante in the swimming pool for lying. Dante says that on the backside of her head, there was a musket hole. Is that just a bland lie? Should we just drown him in the pool now? Dude, I think we should drown him. Adriana sits at the one table and suggests that she can already see groups forming. But Sasha says, forget all that nonsense. Let's talk about the task at hand and figure out what happened. Sasha goes on to explain what happened. Then Adriana wants to put her own spin on it. And she soon realises that she's not getting along with anyone on that table and, and decides to move along. I almost feel a bit sorry for Adriana, but I can't help feeling that she's doing that it's herself sort of, and she's giving off the wrong brought, vibe. Yeah, definitely. It's brought on herself. She isn't welcoming or friendly, is she? No, and, and, and you're right. She's not being cooperative herself. So why should others feel obliged to? Gino tells Ulysses and Cam about the bedroom door being broken and the message on the mirror, but they think it's really suspicious that he doesn't tell them anything else. The poor bloke, that's all there was. Yeah. The door had been jimmied and there was a message on the mirror. Cam takes that really offensively. He's like... Oh. That's what I've put Cam reckons. He's got half an hour worth of tool. No, he no. doesn't. He's got theories and thoughts, but he doesn't have facts And I think that's something that... Um, is it Sasha? Yeah. Sasha says she just wants facts. Just tell the facts. And I think that is why she gets called out by the killer, because she's gone, these are the six things you need to know. And that is it. Whereas yeah. Cam's come up with this mad-ass story. Yeah, which can influence people and influence yeah. people's thinking. But no, this is what you. This is what exactly what I saw. Now you come up with what you think. I, I really like Gino's position in the Ulysses-Cam-Gino group, though, because... Ulysses and Cam both seem like a bit of an ass, but Gino's playing it quite cool. Yeah, he is. Dana puts a lot of trust in Sasha. She says she's the only one that she can trust. But then she squeals as well. This is the thing. She tells Sasha about the bullet. Brilliant. Sasha completely doesn't believe her because there was no gunshot. And I think that just goes to show that none of them trust each other at the moment. And you can't just write someone off because you don't have all the facts straight away. Just because exactly. you didn't hear a gun. It, it does come back. And hopefully does. that does cement Dana as a bit of an ally. As a bit more trustworthy, yeah. Because she doesn't realise it at the time and think she does just, like um, completely dismiss it, doesn't she? She's not rude about it. She's just like, okay, you know. No, she's not rude to her face, but then in the cutaway, she's like, well, she's clearly lying. Yeah, but then obviously when, but later on when they find the murder weapon, it must click and be like, well, actually. Oh, Dana was telling the truth. Yeah, so maybe that's, she's a good person to have on the side. Dana is later seen criticising Dante. So firstly, apparently he can't hold water like a bladder. Dante can't hold water like a bladder now i've never heard that phrase before so i googled it as it doesn't make sense well they because... say one one hit dana who done it episode <laughs> one. well no here's the thing bladders do hold water so is she saying that he can't hold water the opposite of what a bladder can do anyway it didn't make sense but the google results were just about urinary incontinence so i didn't get very far but also dana saying that dante squealed you also squealed dana you told sasha so she's yeah. a bloody hypocrite. And then you've got Ulysses just point blank lying to people's faces. And saying, oh, I just told him that, yeah, he's Don't a liar. <laughs> yeah. I told him it wasn't, though, and that he was probably lying. Mm -hmm. So they think he's a liar right now. Dante then says, I think she drowned. 
Oh god. She drowned. That's what it was. That's about as far-fetched as it gets for me. But this is it. But that was really cringy. But the best bit about that is he saw that bullet in the back of his he- her head with his own eyes. I've got exactly that comment. <laughs> Like, it's not like he was in the last no Maravites. It's not like he was with the uh, the murder scene. He was in, in the morgue. He saw the bullet, yet he still went cause of death draining. It's like he, he believed his own life. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. So after lunch, they play another game since the killer has left a message in the form of a riddle. Oh, I knew you'd love this. I, as, as soon as I saw this, I thought Mike will love this. And I, I loved it. And I will cut in exactly what Giles says. To unlock any mystery, you need a key. So please accept this gift from me. Only think twice on what lock you turn. From the passage you find, you'll surely learn. So there were two thoughts I had at the time. First thought I had was that they're all different keys and only one will work and it's the luck of the draw with which key you pick. Mm-hmm. That doesn't turn out to be the case and actually they're all the same. Secondly, Giles mentions a passage. So where did my mind go immediately? A the passageway. Oh. <laughs> Not the Bible. But this is it. I think straight after this, because they all grab their keys, they, go, they all rush in. They proper rush in because they know it's a... I mean, it is dog-eat-dog. Straight away, episode one, dog-eat-dog. And it's the first time as the audience you see the key. And for some reason, when it said, it said like 1317, didn't it? Yeah. And I don't know why I thought that was going to be the Bible. Well, yeah, fair play. I, di- I didn't. I, I thought when they mentioned pa- passage, I thought, well, it's just the... I didn't, I didn't pick it up on passage, but when, when I saw that 1317, I thought Bible more than I thought wind all the clocks to 17 minutes past one. So, the, so they try the chests, they then try the doors and clocks and can't find anything. Why are you trying random... You know it's a riddle why are you trying like, yeah you've you've got to work this out it's not just run for your lives and try and find this is where i've got so much respect for ronnie coming up yeah so when they're trying all the different chest stores and clocks they can't find anything they notice obviously that 1317 is printed on the keys and cam thinks it's something to do with time so he ends up winding the clocks all to 117 p.m Lindsay, being a pastor's kid has a different idea and heads for the bible and amazing amazing it's quite indiana jones that is it is it is but it's it's so it gave me a headache just watching it. Is it? I've literally wrote down too many cooks. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. I just and I know I know they're all against each other, but there's like six of them going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn the page. Turn the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, come on. All right. There it is. Oh my god! It's like I'm reading. It's like shut up. You know, just one of you read it. I uh, totally agree. Totally agree. The problem is they all look at in Ezekiel and they get hooked up on the mention of daughters. Ronnie then hangs around, which is just by luck. Yeah, because he he's like, well, that doesn't mean a lot, does it? No, but they start looking around for like uh, portraits of of young girls and stuff. You know, I mean, that's just just by pure luck that that semi makes sense. Yeah, the fact that they they mention daughters and they think, oh, there's pictures of daughters on the wall. We'll go and have a look. So he hangs around and he notices the crowns and thinks, is there something to do with kings? This is it. Why had no one looked at these like looked at these keys? It seems exactly. They they know the thirteen seventeen, but on the back, would the keys not give you a a clue anyway? As soon as he says kings, because he'd be like me, mate. I would be looking for crowns or something. I don't know mm-hmm. the Bible, so I'd really no, I suck at trying to... Yeah, you know, I, I would have failed this task without a doubt. Anyway, when he asks about kings, someone mentions, oh, it could be second kings, because there were two crowns, and they all chip in with their sort of Bible knowledge and whatnot. Before he finds it, Dante is then shown in a cutscene looking under sofa cushions. I don't think you're going to be unlocking a sofa, mate, but anyway, it's just really funny. Eventually, they find 
the the verse and it says open the window eastward and it also mentions someone taking a shot open the window eastward and he opened it and he shot when they get to the east side of the house the window pane is missing and ronnie finds a code on the window frame sees a trunk through the window yeah and sprints to get the clue from the chest yeah poor ronnie and uh, he learns his lesson very quickly because Obviously, he sees it because the, the pane of glass is out. He sees it. He he runs to it. And you see, you watch all of them. But they don't have an idea what he's running for. They're just following him. They're literally just following him at this but point. But also, when he opens the chest, did you see Gino just grab, Gino just grab the slingshot? the slingshot. Yeah. And it's like, that's, whatever's in there, that's Ronnie's prize at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Don't go in there snatch. It was like a kid in a playground, man. Yeah. It was, that was awful. It was awful. Half of them didn't even know what they're running for. No. They're just like, oh, I'm following Ronnie now because he's running. So there's got to be some urgency to this. He's cracked it. Wouldn't you uh, Wouldn't you play with people, though? And like, Just run somewhere. Yeah, and then, just yeah. leg it and be like, what you're following me for? I'm going for a piss. But he's realised this now. I'm glad he's realised this. He won't be doing that again. I know how to play the game now. I'm not going to make that mistake again. They find the slingshot in the crowbar and decide not to let everybody in on it. So only those that know need to know. It's really shady, but this is the nature of the game. You know, you, you get to win by being a bit of a dick. Yeah, if that came, if that was another way and, and Ronnie had walked out there and he opened it himself, fair play to him. Yeah, and that would have been really good, actually. That would have changed it quite a lot. It annoyed me that despite Cam not being there, he still found out about the slingshot because of his mole Ulysses. Although I guess that, you know, they're playing the game and I can't fault that. I don't know what the object was that he got. Dude, okay. It was a slingshot. It was a slingshot. It's 100%, dude. Okay. Poor Don and Lindsay are asking what was in the chest and are just told about the crowbar. Gina, were you, were you over the box when they found the object? What was it? Crowbar. Why would that be such a big deal? Everybody knew it was a forced entry. Well, yeah. There wasn't extra information? You know it was forced, but you don't know how it was forced. Really dirty games, but again, that's what the game is all about. The next message read out by Giles is about the mortals, i.e. contestants, stating their case. They need to pitch the crime and their interpretation of the evidence in the library through what seems like some sort of video message to the killer. I really like how they all get dressed up because it's going to be the evening meal and stuff. So they all get their glad rags on. Yeah. And the next scenes are when they've spliced together all the video messages to the killer in the library. Yeah. And also, I mean, include this if you want or don't. But if you read the credits, that testimony is just bullshit. It's actually a written exam. Oh, really? Yeah. So they must get pieces of paper being like, what's the murder weapon? What's this? What's that? Because it's the only way to judge it isn't it really by facts like who like Mike Groves you said it was slingshot right you get three points you said it was a bullet hole right you get two points you said you're draining zero points that sort of you know also the the overacting you can tell that they've just been told to walk around state their case and act as a detective they might have wrote their case and this is them just oh uh, that's exactly what it you is you don't want to you don't want to see 13 people 12 people writing on pieces of paper no, it's doesn't no. it's not fun so. no you're right it's it, it's done perfectly for tv absolutely yeah. well 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 what a tangled web you are weaving waited you listened when she was in the shower and you broke into her room using that crowbar you walked into the bathroom you sneak up behind her and with a crowbar you hit her on the back of her head poor don doesn't know about the slingshot or musket ball found in sherry's head so thinks the crowbar must be the murder weapon dante thinks it's a gunshot and Lindsay thinks it's an old-fashioned pistol and then dante adds and for good measure she drowned Oh my God, mate. You, you mentioned the fact that she was shot in the back of the head and she drowned. What's going on? I don't, I don't get it. Don't get it. He basically sealed his fate from there on. 
I've also put, what is Ronnie on about? We could see Sherry cheering for us. A cheerleader. No, she was being electrocuted, mate. I didn't pick that up. Are you going to gonna video edit some pom-poms into her electrocuting hands? <laughs> <laughs> I see what I can do between now and June. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, basically, what, what do we know? At, at the end of all these testimonies, or all these them stating their cases, they all think different people are the killer. We only see a handful of their predictions at this point, but Chris thinks it's Adriana, Melina thinks it's Chris, Adriana thinks it's Dante, etc., etc., etc. The tweet that follows shows us that Adriana, Chris, Dante, Dana, Gino and Cam are the people that are suspicious. But those that didn't get called out were Don, Ronnie, Ulysses, Lindsay, Sasha or Melina. So at the moment, those guys are sort of in a place where nobody thinks they're the killer. At the moment, the majority of them think Adriana is the killer. And I can see why she is pretty intense and also reminds me a little bit of Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Despite how psychologically damaging this show could be, living in that house and having those meals that they, they have, I reckon I could live with that. It beats Survivor any day, doesn't it? Yeah, they've got it nice. When they are sat for dinner, they can begin to discuss clues and how the day went down, as they've now already recorded their messages for the killer. I hate this bit. Really gives me anxiety, because it reminds me of the time that you come out of an exam at school and all your mates are talking oh, about the answer. God, I hate put. it. Yeah, and, and, and you then realise oh shit, I got a completely different answer. It's like you can't change that at all and you just know your fate. And that's where sort of Lindsay, Don and Dante all begin to panic. That's when Don actually uh, raises a toast because <laughs> he basically feels like he's gone at this point. He toasts them all and says goodbye. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I really had a ball with you guys. No one dropped the glass. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to everybody. And he, when he says, come and visit me, someone calls him out and says, what at the morgue? <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Come visit me. At the morgue? At the morgue. Giles returns with envelopes and tells them all their fate. Sasha gets a personal message from the killer telling her she's been spared. She was the one that impressed the killer the most. Ronnie takes that a bit personally, doesn't he? How is that possible? How could she have been so correct that she blew us all out of the water? Rain it in, mate. She might just be a bit better than you. Yeah, yeah. I know it's his job, but you forget that she might just be more eloquent at talking or conveying an answer. Or she might just hit, like, overhear something a lot better, or just, exactly. I'll play the audio of Giles talking them through what went down. Poor little Sherry. I waited outside her door while she innocently showered. I easily broke into her room with a small handheld crowbar. In a cloud of steam, I simply wrote with my finger, meet me at the fish tank. I have vital info for you. Of course, she fell for it. Sherry slipped on a bathrobe, saw the message, and went straight to the grape room. Earlier, I cut the cord of the lamp, but left it plugged in beside the aquarium. I opened the drapes of the east window, removed a single plate of glass, and waited outside for her unceremonious arrival. 
I calmly aimed the wrist rocket from the backyard and fired. Hitting Sherry in the back of her neck, severing major arteries, killing her instantly. Like clockwork, Sherry met her fate at the fish tank. As it began to spider, it bought me more than enough time to stash the slingshot and crowbar, shut the curtains, and preserve my anonymity. When the water pressure built up and the aquarium broke, the water found the frayed cord and electrocuted the already dead Sherry with maximum voltage. Yours cruelly. Tough. Oh, boy. Your killer. I wonder if the killer, that is the killer. I don't think it is. No, that is a just someone. floor walker that just yeah, gets yeah, filmed yeah. In, a ba- in, a, in a balaclava or something. I was, th- I was even thinking about the slingshot that how would I hold the slingshot? And I'd go right hand and then release with my left hand. So would you aim with your strong hand? So if, try and notice if any of them... Or, yeah, I see what you mean. I would always pull back with my writing hand. Yeah, no, so would I. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm the other way around. So yeah, so my strong hand would be pulling it back, where I think on the actual video you see, it's the other way around. It's the left hand pulling it back, which is odds are a lot less people are left-handed so if you see anybody that's left-handed they're the killer <laughs> there you go then so it's left-handed that they pulled back with. i'm sure it is we'll have to look re- rewatch but i did think wonder if there's anything in this flashback because i always think stuff like that like wonder if it is the actually killer, killer doing it but because they're not seeing that are they can i just ask you you did you miss something like did you you, you mentioned a slingshot was the murder weapon Sorry, it's a um wrist rocket a wrist rocket <laughs> That's the translation to normal people. <laughs> Giles then gives them their letters from the killer, which tell them who will be spared and who should be scared. Despite Dante thinking she drowned, he still doesn't think he was wrong enough to be killed. I thought the cause of death was the drowning. That was incorrect. But I don't think that I missed enough to be killed. I mean, you even saw the bullet hole in the back of her neck, mate, and you thought that she drowned. And I think that it, it, it was even shown because Lindsay says she thinks she was shot. Which she was shot, but yeah, but not, just with, a not gun. with a gun. Yeah, exactly. We go through the process of revealing who is facing the fate of the killer. This is intense, and I really, really like how drawn out it is. Really glad that Lindsay made it. Sasha seems to have a problem with Lindsay, which annoyed me because I did like Sasha initially. I don't know where this comes from, but she just calls her out. It's a bit of an attitude with her. I don't know how that happened. I don't either. <laughs> no offense. Because it does surprise Lindsay, because you just find out that she had it wrong. Yeah, but you don't need them to call it out and be like, yeah, I'm surprised too. Yeah, and then she goes, oh, yeah, she goes no offence. And she does it really like... Attitude. Yeah, attitude. I'm thinking, Sasha, you've just been commended for being the best one at the table. But have some, like, be humble. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if someone just said you're the best one at the table, you don't go then start shitting on all the, the worst ones, do yeah, you? Exactly, because it could be you next week. Exactly. Don the ex-cop and Dante the insurance investigator, are those that should be scared. They're up for elimination. Don says, I sure would be embarrassed right now if I was an ex-cop. <laughs> I really like him. I do. I just I do, really, yeah, I really do. like him. They head to bed and they get state pyjamas and socks and are told about a pyjama brunch that they will be having the next morning. Love it. Don is absolutely convinced he's going. We see him and Dante locking their doors. 
At 4.38 a.m., we hear an alarm and all the contestants scramble out to the pool area. Giles takes a register and we think Don is gone. Ulysses! Adriana! Here. Ronnie! Here. Don. Oh my god, where's Don? Don? Oh, I haven't seen him. Don. He's not here. Don! Why is, why is Don late to that? It's for effect, but also they're like, oh, where's Don? Where's Don? And, oh, come on. It's uh, it's another one of these after production, or, it well, clearly, look, they've got to be really sensible here, and they've got to put people in a certain place, because in a second, you've got a man running through the house on fire. So I get it. I get that they need to set something up, and I get that they said, right, overact and pretend to be scared and all this, that, and the other. I really liked it, don't get me wrong, yeah. but it is just, it was so overdramatic, but that it added to it anyway. Don enters stage left. Here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm oh here. Oh my God. There he is, there's Don. I'm here, I'm here. Right. Obviously we know now that it's gonna be Dante who faces the fate of the killer and we hear the screams. The next scene is beyond mental as we see who we're meant to believe is Dante running on fire down the stairs of the house and to put the fire out, he runs into the pool. And we see his burnt corpse floating in the water. We see a shot from underneath the body, and it is Dante. With burn marks on his body. Fantastic. And that is the end of the episode, which I love because it ends with a dead Dante in the water. Yeah. Now, I'm a bit confused because whoever is killing Dante is clearly whichever one of them isn't at the poolside when they're taking the register. So is it Don then? So <laughs> Sorry I was late. I was just setting fire to Dante's yeah. clothes. How long has Don Dante been on fire? <laughs> well, this is the question. I wonder, and I'm looking forward to the next episode, because imagine he opens a box or turns on something in his room and yeah, there's a yeah, gas yeah. explosion or something yeah, like that. Someone's not just walking up to him and putting petrol on no. him. No, no, like, no. He's, he's getting in the shower and then walking out and falling on a candle or something. Isn't it? Petrol shower. And yeah. then, yeah. <laughs> All those pyjamas have got some sort of explosive yeah, charge the, 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 the pyjamas are just laced with, like, yeah, petrol. Yeah, something like that. It'd be amazing. Overall, an incredible episode. So before we talk about our ins and outs, I want to discuss, firstly, who do you want to win? We'll go into the killer and stuff like that, but who do you want to win the 250k? And I don't need one exact name. I think there are a few that deserve it, and I think there are a few people that I would hate to see win it as well at the moment. Right, just on first impressions, I, I would want to win I either Don... Yeah, I've got Don. ...or Ronnie. Fair play, yeah. Just because his, his efforts from the first episode. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And like, I did really appreciate the fact that, because I, I hate when stuff's busy, like I said, with the, the too many cooks at the Bible, and there's a, a few other yeah. moments of it. And everyone was running around like headless chicken. And although they had finished the the first reading of that Bible, he just stayed there and just... He took a step back. He took a step back and took a breath and really thought about it. And reaped the reward from it as well. He did, and it was just annoying that everybody also did. Yeah, you know, so that yeah, that's Ronnie, and obviously Don's just funny at the moment. Yeah, so I've I've got Don on my list. I've also got Gino. I didn't like Gino when he snatched the wrist rocket. The wrist rocket. <laughs> Get it right. Yeah, it's not a slingshot, but I still think out of that Ulysses, Cam, and Gino, mm -hmm. I, he shines in out of those three. So I really like him, and also Lindsay. Although she didn't have a good yeah. week, I really quite like Lindsay's attitude and approach, and she's the one that's smiling and laughing the most, which goes a long way with me mm -hmm. anyway. The people I particularly don't want to win or the people I haven't took a shine to so far, Ulysses and Cam for obvious reasons. Cam, clever for setting up the little group, but he's a bit harsh to Gino about, you know, how things are. And he's a bit smarmy as well. Yeah, that might just be his attitude. Yeah. And he is he is cutthroat. And this is only week one. Which you sort of need one. to be, yeah. 
This is only or day one, so it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they changed. Adriana, something Adriana, about no, her. I just can't. Ulysses, I've mentioned. And Sasha, just she was doing really well and I really liked her. Yeah. But that attitude at the end just did my head in. 100%. She went from someone that I thought, you know, she's going to do really well in this yeah. to that comment was not needed. No. Not when half the game is, is having allies. And you have to, you know, you have to sit on the fence. And It might come back to bite her in the ass later on. I don't think we should waste our time predicting who we think will go next because that's going to change no. every week because it depends. We don't know who's going to trust who. But who do you think the killer is? Right, I'm going to go outlandish this and I don't know, I just get a feeling. I'm getting a feeling, mate. Yep. Chris. Oh, she's one of mine. <laughs> she is one of mine. Some of the things she said, just yep. the way she was. Absolutely. So I've put Ulysses or Chris. Ulysses because he's a bit shifty and he knows a lot about how it works and what to do and who he's the one that's going around twisting people's words and saying I thought she was strangled. Dante, you liar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that the killer is the owner of the house. They've yeah. recently bought that house. So should we be working out then who out of those people and it's not to judge a book by its cover or anything but who of those people could afford that house or daddy could have left that house to or something like that? And I think both Ulysses and Chris fit that bill. But then also, obviously, we know some people were lying about their jobs, but doesn't mean others aren't. Absolutely true. Oh, it's fucking good, isn't it? What a show. If you're still with us, thanks for listening. Join us again next time for episode two, where things get hot as we try to figure out how Dante caught fire.